Michaels fans. It's your girl, Bella Michaels. I'm back here on the pod with Josh Hicks today. Um, But before we get into it with Josh, I just want to know, how are you guys feeling today? It's been pretty interesting since we're just at a point with the Bulls where we don't know like what we're going to really be getting at the start of each game. Um, One night we have like record setting games. And then the other night we look like we're like one of the worst teams in the league. So it's been pretty rough because we have the talent, but things like front court injury injuries are just like setting us back. But anyways, today I got Josh Hicks with me and we're going to discuss Zach Levine and Kobe White's record setting performance against the Pelicans the other night and um, Lonzo ball trade rumors. Those that know me already know how I feel about that, but we'll get into that later. Welcome in Josh. How are you doing? I am good just because I am on a podcast with the lovely Miss Bella. Oh, how sweet. You're already so, starting off in a perfect way. I mean, it's, the, it's only the right way to do it around here, you know? So I'm just glad to be on a podcast with you talk bulls and everything. So I'm excited. Let's get this thing rolling. Yes, I'm glad to be on with you too. It's going to be a good one. So I just want to know, what are you feeling? Let's actually, let's start with some good stuff, you know, record setting stuff. How, how did you feel about that performance the other night? Um, pretty much another confirmation of the fact that this Kobe White, Zach Levine duo is ideal. Um, he saw glimpses even last year of, of when those two played together on the court, the, how much electricity and how much fire they can bring from a, just from a scoring perspective, um, even under Jim Boylan. And I think so that Jim Boylan, but yes, right. Yeah. The Jim Boylan, um, that under that era, they, they, they technically thrived in that, in that area from two together. So if you can get through that, then it's like, oh, well, you can get through anything. Right. And, but, and, and, and it's crazy how even if they were able to thrive the way that they did under Jim Boylan, it's amazing how they're really going to be thriving under Billy Donovan because it's such a different offense. Right. I mean, you got Donovan, who's so good at, you know, player development. And then, you know, Zach had his issues with Boylan. We all knew how that relationship was going and those nice little gifts and videos on Twitter later on when you just see Zach giving Boylan that little tood. But, you know, it's it's been pretty interesting to see and, as you said, like Zach Levine is just that player. If you give him the right environment, he is a superstar and people that want to tell me otherwise, I'm not going to get like, I'm not taking it because this guy who scored nine, three pointers that night and, you know, white added eight as well that night, which I was so surprised to see. Cause I, he's just been very inconsistent in my opinion. Um, especially defensively. So offensively, yeah, he's good, you know, um, but it was, it was nice to see from two teammates setting that record being the only, um, the first teammates in NBA history to um, score that many three pointers in a, in a single game. So that was, that was really cool. But um, as I was saying back to Zach Levine, just incredible, he's explosive. And I really think that if he was on another team, he would have more of those outbursts that we saw like 46 point points that night. Like, come on, that is amazing. And he's a walking highlight reel, like honestly, in my opinion. So I don't know. I just think he should be an all-star. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, for sure. Zach Levine should have been an all-star. He made a, he made a case last year for arguably being because being... Charles Barkley didn't agree with me. <laughs> he put me, he goes, 
he don't deserve it. And I go, and why is that? And he goes, cause he don't deserve it. I was like, okay, I guess that's going to be the end of our conversation. <laughs> um, and I was intimidated cause it was Charles Barkley. So I was like, that's fine. But I'm, I'm letting him know this year that I'm not having that Zach Levine hate. Yeah, I mean, Zach's on a mission to prove his haters wrong, to prove his doubters wrong. I'm pretty sure he hears all the criticism, especially from the greats like Chuck, <laughs> uh, you know, criticizing his play and everything. But this, but, the, but this is the reality with Zach Levine. Zach Levine is a booming star that is just hitting his prime. Mm-hmm. And the Bulls have an ideal situation when it comes to at least keeping him as a, as a nice foundational piece for where this team really wants to go. You got a new front office management. You have, um, and, and you have a new, you know, whole new coaching staff. You have a system that actually works for Zach Levine. He can actually thrive and do more. And he's actually learning to do more, especially since Kobe white himself as a point guard and the way they're trying to transition him into that point guard role is very, un, it's very, it's been very um, up and down roller coaster. It's been inconsistent. And because of that, Zach Levine has to do more to, to balance it out. So, And you see him, you know, bringing the ball up more. And I think, you know, honestly, putting Zach at that point guard spot might not even be so harmful right now just with the issues the Bulls are going through. You, you might as well experiment with these young players and see. And Donovan is good with that. Our front court, our back court is, is good, but our front court is a mess right now. I don't even want to get into that yet, but since we're still on the topic of Levine and you brought up a good point and keeping him and maintaining him on the, you know, on the team with the bulls, if you're the bulls right now, are you offering him that max contract going forward? Um, or do you think he's not worthy of it? I think time will tell, you know, he does have two, he does have two years currently left on his deal. So at least he has one more year after this year. Exactly. Um, and not to mention the fact that the Bulls actually have more cap space after this season when they unload um, Otto Porter Jr.'s contract. And depending on if they are able to trade uh, veteran players like Thaddeus Young, who's becoming a big name that's popped up in the trade market with the trade, trade deadline coming up. If he, if he ends up going on the move and you, and you have Otto Porter, you don't plan on bringing him back next year, you opening up some cap space to where if, he, if you can maybe bring some extra additional help, because at this point, Zach Levine, he's over time. I think he will become a max player. He will eventually get that 30 million a year, right. but he needs another 30 million, another $30 million guy to play next to him. It's all about superstars in this league and you need more than one. Exactly. That is the main thing. Like with auto, before I get back to that, well, you mentioned Otto Porter jr. And, you know, unloading that, I think, though, with Otto, what we're, tr- what we're starting to see with him is that the Bulls are starting to realize, like, okay, this back injury might be more serious than we thought. He may, you know, he might not be returning anytime, you know, as soon as we expect with him. And for Otto right now, going into free agency in the summer, he's worrying, like, hey, I need to stay, you know, pretty somewhat functional so that I can look appealing to these teams and be, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so he could be marketable basically. So if he, if he doesn't recover well, then we're, I don't know how many teams would really want him and and how that goes and what his future with the bulls would even be. So everything's so up in the air, especially before the trade deadline. So until that happens, we don't really know, you know, what, what, what the bulls have in store. And with, with Zach Levine being worthy of a max contract, if I look at him as an individual player and not as a bull, like, you know, with the bulls and what he's done, 
I think, yes, he is worthy of it. Because if you look at his, his career and his averages, each season he's improving. You don't really see a digression. The, the numbers keep going up. And that's really tough and amazing to see, considering that he's been with the Bulls, who every other player, like let's say, let's take a Lowry Markin in this case, who's been, you know, very inconsistent, obviously off injury. So it's not really his, his it's not in his control. But his numbers, you know, go up, down, up, down if you look at the stat sheet. But then when you look at Zach Levine, everything's just going up. So he's improving despite all the craziness going around him. And even with that, you see him on on the court wanting to make the players around him better. He is trying to get – like, he's trying so hard. I'm, I feel bad. I'm like, just get this guy some help. Get him someone that is – that is worthy. And maybe that just takes us into our next topic with Zoe and, you know, the, the rumors and bringing in someone else in the back court. How do you feel about Lonzo ball possibly being a bull? I'm really interested to hear your opinion. I like the idea, but at what cost, right? So, cause Lonzo ball is a traditional point guard that ideally does fit the bull system. He moved, he knows how to move the ball. He's a great facilitator, great court vision. And he knows, and defensively, he's a great guard, he's a good guard front on, on the perimeter end. So he can guard top-tier point guards and top-tier perimeter players when necessary for this Bulls team, if he were to be on the Bulls. The thing with him, though, is if you're trying to trade for him, who are you willing to give up? Because just because, just because of the idea that you already entertaining the idea of Lonzo Ball coming to the Bulls, you made it known that Kobe White's not your future point guard. So... When you, and you currently made it clear over the summer, you're handing him the keys because you wanted to make sure to see that he can really run that point guard position, at least in the way that the Bulls wanted him to do. And, and, and let's be honest, he's not a traditional point guard. He's a scoring point guard. He's a point guard that wants to score the ball and has the gift to, put the, to fill the ball up. And he's proven that on many occasions that he can do that. Right, which is the opposite of what Zoe is. Exactly. And people question, obviously, Lonzo Ball's fit, per se, just because of the fact that he doesn't have much of an offensive game. But that is improving as well. Lonzo Ball has also improved on his jump shot slowly but surely over time. Yeah, which is ironic. Uh, so Zoe is known for, you know, he is that true defensive playmaking point guard. And the Bulls need that defensively right now because of exactly what you just said about Kobe White being very offensive as a point. But basically like with with Zoe doing that you're you're basically giving and taking but we don't need that if we're putting Zoe we need that defense we got someone like Zach Levine to score those points we got Zoe to throw those lobs that we need to those players that can that can score so all we're asking from Kobe White we would have no issue with Kobe White if he was more consistent on defense and and Zoe offers that perimeter defense that that Kobe White really doesn't so those are things that you would give and take. And like you said, at what cost? Because like, obviously I, I love Zoe, but there are certain things about him. If I'm looking at a perspective of like, if he's good or bad for the team, like, you know, the Bulls desperately need that defense right now. But if you look at the assists, it's ironic. Kobe White, I noticed on the stat sheet earlier that he actually is averaging more assists than Zoe in the season right now. So that was pretty interesting to see, you know, but obviously maybe coming to the Bulls and getting a fresh, you know, fresh pace and scenery will improve Zoe and get him back into that because Zoe could be pretty inconsistent sometimes too. 
And it's risky with him if we trade for him because this summer he's going to go into unrestricted free agency. So this summer, like trading our, like goes back to the first amazing point you made at what cost we're going to be trading valuable assets from our team to get Zoe. And then he goes into unrestricted free agency this summer. And then it's like, okay, do we even keep him? So we just sacrifice that for someone who can, you know, end up not even being with us in the long term. So I don't know if, if Zoe is the answer for the Bulls long term. And that's where everything is just up in the air. I, and it's interesting you brought that up because Lonzo Ball trade rumors have actually been circulating since last season, even under Gar Pax. So mm-hmm. the idea of having Lonzo Ball in a, in a uniform as the point guard of the future, even not just between this past regime or this current regime, that shows the value that they really believe in Lonzo Ball and what he could bring to the table. Because you have two different off-front offices with two completely different perspectives, yet they're aligned on this topic of ideally potentially bringing in Lonzo Ball for, this, for, for both offensive and defensive purposes. I think if the Bulls can get Lonzo Ball without having to get rid of Kobe White, that would be a huge win for them because now that, makes, now that brings the balance that the Bulls need. You have traditional point guard play in Lonzo Ball, facilitating and in that offense with a score a more advanced score like Zach Levine and you you could you could that assist number really can go well it really would that would be the ideal situation but do you see how do you see that happening with the Bulls though how do I we think I, I we make it happen by trying to figure out what we're going to do with Laurie Markkinen because Laurie's been in, so what do you feel about Laurie Markkinen Larry's up in the air, man. I'm, I'm a, I have a love-hate relationship with him right now um, just because of his inconsistent play and the fact that he just can't stay healthy. It's hard to evaluate someone when they can't even stay healthy enough to play on the court. And we've seen flashes from Larry where we know like, oh, wow, this dude could really be something. It's really special for us. But then as of recent, it's like, okay, you hit a wall under Jim Boylan, respectively, you hit a wall, but then you also hurt. And now you started off the season actually pretty good, making it known that since you didn't get that contract extension, now you got to show your worth, not just for the Bulls, but also for the free agent market. And you was actually showing some pretty good signs. And then now you're hurt again. Exactly. That, that, that's a great point. But I, I, I just don't, I don't know with him. Because if you look at the, the injuries, like you said, he was doing better. He was scoring his, I, I believe, probably like his career best games um until you know until obviously the injury again with his shoulder sprain but if you look like back it's the same guys that are injured this season that were out injured last season we had Wendell last season it was like his thumb and um and then we had Otto again and Lowry so it's these three guys that are again you know and and then we have Chandler Hutchison out for due to personal reasons and the organization's giving him all the time he needs to get through whatever it is he needs to get through, which is great for him, but obviously not for our front court, which I mentioned in um, one of, in a reaction video yesterday. It's just these issues keep coming up back and back. And I feel like I'm repeating myself because it's just becoming tiring as, as, as a Bulls fan. I can understand how everyone, everyone's feeling as Bulls fans, because this is just, it's, it's that point, as I said, in, in the season where you're like, okay, I'm going to turn on the TV. I'm, Am I going to get like a explosive Zach Levine and Kobe White game? Or am I going to get something that's going to make me want to turn on something else per usual? You know what I mean? Yeah. And you gotta, we got to talk about Chandler Hutchinson's inconsistencies too, because Chandler Hudson, even last year, had so many injuries. 
that he couldn't even we couldn't even really evaluate him. And when he was playing, we know his game was very limited too. Um, so it's like, how do you figure out what talent you need to develop when the talent itself can't even get their own selves together, right? That's the that's that's the realities that that's a bit that's plagued the Bulls for years, even even after Tibbs. Like that's been a that's been the, the injury bug, the plague, that curse per se. As as always over it's always hovered the Bulls. So I, so as the Bulls, how do you evaluate, especially in a year where this is your first year as management? You have a front, you have a whole new team. You're really trying to figure out who should stay and who should go, and go in the direction that you really want this team to go. Like that's really hard to do, and Unfortunately, I think it's, I think some of these players, especially Laurie, may get a bad end of the deal in this thing because he has so much potential, but the potential is the potential the potential is limited when you don't have when you can't show up and play every night. And the Bulls got decisions they got to make, especially when you have cap space, which is something for a long time we have not had. And a free and a free agency pool that's coming up, where top tier talent, not, especially superstars that are actually paying attention to what's going on in Chicago, paying attention to what Zach Levine is doing. They're opening up their eyes and saying, I may want to come over there. Exactly. So what do you, so, so for people like Laurie, even Wendell, if you can't stay healthy, you can't make a case for why you need to stay on the Bulls roster. And that's the unfortunate reality that they're in right now. 100%, I, I agree with you on that. And it, it's just tough though, but what do you do now? If you're, if you're the Bulls and like, what happens? We're tired of saying, okay, you have the talent and then it, but it's like the talent is plagued with injuries or other, you know, concerning issues and we can't get, get, get past it. So like, what do you do? Do you have any ideas of like resolutions to get past this? Or you think trade, you know, the trade deadline is going to be our little miracle. How do you think this is going to go? I think eventually the boys are going to hit a reset button. And I think some of the foundational pieces will not be here next year. But this is the thing. Like, Josh, I'm so tired of hearing the reset button. The reset. We have been re- – remember when, when in the last – so literally at the end of the last dance doc when I saw like, oh, and the Bulls, you know, like we've been rebuilding since that. Since the end of that, we have been rebuilding. Every time we get some. So right now, literally draft night, we use our fourth pick, Pat Williams. I was happy about it from the beginning. One of the few people that was because I see that, okay, there were a lot of concerns. This guy, all right, he, he came off the bench for his, you, you know, his team and we're using him as our fourth pick. Some people were expecting Denny Avdia. Some people were expecting um, Obi Toppin. And, and then we end up with Pat Williams and then t- Bulls Twitter goes crazy. Like all these fans go enraged. But Pat Williams, honestly, to me, is one of the few people on the team who's showing me a lot of potential that I think he's going to be a star, um, especially earlier in the season. Like I just, I just see him, you, you're putting him up against the greats like LeBron James and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo and he's just, he's doing his thing. Like he, Billy Donovan says, okay, you're going to guard this guy tonight. He goes, all right. Like, all right. You know what I'm saying? Like he just does it and he's not flashy. He's not very outspoken. Like he does his thing and he seems like he is into what he needs to do. So Pat Williams, I see you, I, I would say you keep him in this and whatever rebuilding restart phase you want to do that we're always doing, you know, you keep him. So I don't know how you feel about him. I brought him up because I want to know like what your thoughts are on Pat Williams going, um, you know, on how he is this season. Yeah. Pat Williams, when he was drafted, I was one of those people that was actually didn't even know who he was. 
um, I had to do research behind mm-hmm. him, his skill set, what the Bulls are looking for. Mm-hmm. And they made it very clear. They said they want versatility. We want guys that can play two ways. You can play offensively and defensively. And if you have a snippet of a chance where both, both sides of the, of, of the court can be improved on, they're going to take the risk. And that's because of the guys that they have in the front office. Arturis Karnisovic came from the Denver Nuggets. The mm-hmm. Denver Nuggets don't have a real superstar, per se, except for Jokic. But they drafted him. They drafted Jokic. They drafted Jamal Murray. They drafted Gary Harris. They drafted guys and developed the talent to where now they're so good. They're, they went to the Western Conference Finals last year. They're, they're, they're back and they're, prim- and they're all in their primes. Mm-hmm. If bringing that type of concept, especially since with Arturis' background in developing talent and scouting talent, mm-hmm. bringing that to the Bulls is going to only help enhance the, the, projected, the projection when it comes to actually drafting players and developing the talent of the players you drafted. That was always the Bulls' struggles. They know how to draft. They, they could draft some players here and there that show promise, but they never had a chance to fully to develop that talent. Now you have a coaching staff as well as a front office that caters towards developing talent. Mm-hmm. So when you actually say a rebuild or a reset, yeah, I get tired of that too. I really do. It get, it's, <laughs> we've been, like you said, we've been rebuilding and resetting since Jordan, literally. But at the end of the day, there's this, this, I think this is the first time in a very long time especially since Derrick Rose, where there's actual promise in this concept. There's actual hope. I was going to say, concept. you got to put Derrick Rose in there because then that's just disrespectful. And then Jimmy Buckets, honestly, too. Those two were probably yes. the most, the most uh, promising. Yes, for, yes, most definitely. But, that's, but, but where did they develop under? That's the question. That's the thing that people forget. They developed under Tibbs. Yep. Tibbs has changed cultures everywhere he's coached at. Look uh-huh. what he's doing in New York. New York is actually relevant right now, even though they may not be a playoff team, they're actually, they're like us. They're fun to watch. They're getting notoriety. They're bringing the name back. And that's because of the, of the culture changes and the coaching changes that Tibbs has done. With Billy Donovan coming into that step, t- taking, taking on that mantle now, there's a different era with this Bulls team. I th- and Patrick Williams is a prime example. I love his game. I love the fact that he had the NBA body right now at 19. Yeah, he's going to be an explosive defensive stopper. Like, I see that happening for him. It's only his first year. Look at him, you know? Exactly, exactly. And the fact that he has – he knows his game. He knows his role. He's not the best three-point shooter. He's not the best scorer. But he knows how to pick his, pot, his, pick his spots, get to his sweet spots, and shoot the ball when necessary. And he knows – and, you know, def- defensively, he's going to bring it because that's what he's known for. His coach, his coach um, Leonard Hamilton, Hall of Fame college coach, right? He said specifically to Casey Johnson and the and and the MC Sports Chicago Bulls crew. Mm-hmm. He said the reason why he's so happy for Patrick Williams and was so high on him was because he never started games, but he always finished them. It's the difference between starting a game and being a starter, but when it's come to crunch time, when it's when you need to seal the deal, when you need to get those wins, Something who's on, who's well- going to be on that court? Something DePaul University Blue Demons need to uh, work on highly. You get what I mean? So <laughs> start the game. Great. Great. And then what happens in crunch time? Oh, shit. You know, when <laughs> everything went wrong somehow. So like you said, exa- that is the perfect example. It's not about how you start the game. It's how you finish it. Because you could come, you know, from a deficit and, and turn that around. But if you're starting off hot and then you just completely lose it, 
which, you know, the Bulls also, and it's, it's pretty funny because we're seeing this, this pattern with our Chicago basketball teams, you know, like DePaul would do that. And then the Bulls would do that. You know, you start off hot and then things start trickling down. But as you said, someone like Pat Williams, he's being smart. He's not pushing his luck and taking shots just to take them, which a lot of young players do. They're so focused on scoring because obviously the, the, the game has changed and has become such a scoring, you know, offensive game that they're like, okay, I'm only a great player and I'm only going to get highlights on Instagram if I, if I make a really nice bucket, but he's not thinking that he's thinking, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to guard this guy. I'm going to do what I need to do. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I think, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and at the end of the day, that's an extra defender that Zach Levine doesn't have to guard. Mm-hmm. Zach Levine's usage rate last year was crazy because he was he had he was ball he had the ball hog because he had to put the ball in the bucket, but at the same time go back and guard the best defenders because you're they didn't have no perimeter help. Mm-hmm. Having a Patrick Williams on your on, on your on your side, man, especially defensively, mm-hmm. it, it relieves a lot of pressure for Zach Levine on that defensive end. And imagine if you have that and you do get Alonzo Ball that can help cover that point guard position. Right. Which brings oh, that makes- to that original, which I was gonna say, like perfect. Uh, you know, perfect combo. So we both agree on Pat Williams and then, you know, essentially having Zoe at the perimeter as well. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's a, it's a good look for the Bulls to have if they could pull it off correctly. I think if you can get him in free agency, go for it. But so who do you get rid of? So who, who do you say at, you know, for trade season that's coming upon us? You're the Bulls. <sighs> that, that's a good question because you have to think about where the Bulls, what is the Bulls' goals at the end of the day? Yeah. If they're trying to make the playoffs, I don't know if you make trades. You may just keep what you have right now and ride the ship and figure out at the end of the day if you can get into that play-in. It's playing a tournament where you can make the, where you can be that 10th seed and still get a chance to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bulls last year, even with the roster that they had and the coaching that they had, they still finished 10th in the East. Yeah. Right now, you put that in here, they're in the play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. So, with better coaching, you will hope that they, you know, at least get a few more wins to where they can, if anything, maybe the ninth seed to where you can have that playing tournament with this current roster that's constructed. I don't know if, if the Bulls are trying to make the playoffs. I don't think you make any moves. If you really, if you really are adamant as far as what direction you want to go they, and whether they make the playoffs or not, who's staying and who's going, and you want certain value from that, then, yeah, you got to think about, okay, maybe Larry Marketing ain't supposed to be here or Thaddeus Young, who is a hot commodity, yeah. for contenders that need front court help. Maybe you can get some, uh, some draft picks for them. So it, I think it depends on how the Bulls' mindset is going into the trade deadline. If they know that, okay, we have a chance to make this, 10, this 9 or 10 seed, so I don't see them making the 8 seed. I think they're going to maybe hit that 9 or 10 mark. They hit that 9th or 10 mark in the East, be, be eligible for that play-in tournament. Right. You know, maybe you don't make a move, but if, but if, you don't, if that's out of sight, yeah, you may have to start considering some moves down the line. Right. And if they don't make those moves, as you said, the key is just consistency because the talent is there. As you see, 46 points dropped by Zach Levine and, and, you know, in a stunning little way the other night. And then Kobe White has it in him. Just that consistency. The backcourt is good. The front court getting those injuries, you know, it's, it's tough because injuries aren't something that you could really, you get what I mean. So it's not really in, in, in anyone's control. So it's it's just injuries and consistency for the Bulls you know that's that's what they got to focus on going forward and yeah 
I think, I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see what's, what's going to unfold, but it's, it's been a pretty interesting ride. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. And, and AK, we trust. So we got to make sure that we, we trust AK to do what he's supposed to do and Mark Eversley to do what he does on the back end, which we should definitely give him a shout out. It is Black History Month. Right. First, first Black uh, African-American general manager Big for time. the Bulls history. So we got to definitely give him his props for that and for the changes sure. that he's helped make. At least they're making those moves off the court that are very essential to, to what's going to happen on the court in the future. So that's, that's definitely an amazing thing. Hopefully we see a lot more of that to the point where we don't have to sit and congratulate it on a pod because then it's going to be the new norm. You get what I mean? Like exactly. we don't want to be like, oh, this is great. Like we just want it to happen. Like it should be happening all over the league in all positions, um, you know, so it's looking great. I'm so happy about that. But as far as making moves, um, Billy Don coach Billy Donovan mentioned, I, I had seen in a report earlier this week that he hasn't had those trade discussions yet with Arturas. So we'll see um, how true that really is and what, what's really going on and what they decide on. It's always interesting to see how the bulls manage to either surprise us in, in a good or bad way each season. So <laughs> we'll just see what unfolds, but yeah. Do you have any closing remarks before we wrap it up? Yeah. Just, just one, just one quick little uh, nugget off of what you just said. Arturas mm -hmm. Kronisovic is a very thought out process type of guy. He evaluates every situation he got and he lets things play out on his own and makes the correct observations when necessary. It's what he did with Jim Boylan on his decision. He didn't rush to get rid of him. He gave him his chance. He let him, he let things ride out. He did his due diligence, his research. Then obviously we knew that obviously he was going to get let go, but he eventually let him go. He didn't get rid of him right away because he wanted to do his due diligence. Yeah. He's he, 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 behind the scenes. I believe he's been doing some due diligence. There were reports even during around draft night, where he's where they he fielded options or at least inquired about you know getting Kemba Walker from the Boston Celtics, which would be amazing because right. So I'm like just just saying that he may not have publicly said you know we're doing trades or we're you know or we're listening to trade offers or we're trying to see what's out there, but I'm pretty sure he has those discussions behind the scenes and he's just playing it low. Exactly. And letting things play out the, exactly. the way that an organization really should be functioning. Right. It's because it's not, it's not anyone's business until it becomes everyone's business, which means until the deal is done. So um, they're playing it smart. Just saying that that's what coach Donovan is saying. He's playing smart as well. Uh, telling people, Hey, let's not talk about that right now. Let's focus on who we got and what we're doing. So it's, it's good, but yeah, it's, it's been such a pleasure speak, like speaking with you on the pod today. Um, we definitely have to do this more often, uh, on the bulls, both covering it as our beat. So, so it was pretty cool. Um, any closing remarks? Keep being you, Bella. Keep being you. Aww, how sweet. See, you, you started it well and you finished it well. Something that bulls <laughs> have to do. So that's great. You're, you're following by, you know, you're taking lead. So that was great. All right. Yes, well, sir. We're going to wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening to our pod today. Um, be sure to check out both our blogs. We are um, beat reporters on the Bulls right now. Um, we will try to serve you some more uh, great pods and let us know what you think about what the Bulls should be doing going forward. Take care and stay safe out there, guys. <laughs>